Hi, Danielle. Hi, Mel. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's been, um, you know, insane as we've talked about <laughs> in the last few podcasts following the tarot series, we've been kind of in the same rotation as the major arcana that we've been, you know, speaking on. And so, you know, it's been a, a, a very, uh, bringing duality into this polarity vibe, uh, you know, recently with this, um, this last couple of weeks, I'm sure you've been experiencing a lot of that as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thinking about the, the, the journey of the fill through the tarot and how it feels like we were spending a lot of time in that magician energy, as well as, you know, we've been talking about the new moon and the series and, the, um, you know, the mental health work as well. But it's, yeah, it's definitely been feeling like that, as well as looking back at other journeys of those bite-sized experiences that you experience through the other, other cards. So it's quite interesting reading about that. And, and I think also moving into the energy of the high priestess, which is what we're going to cover in this episode. Right. Yep. So we've stepped into the high priestess. Um, you know, if you have watched the, the journey of the fool and our introduction to the major arcana, you would know that these are going to be more of what if you were to consider it in a material form, a, a mother and father energy. So the magician would obviously be this masculine father type. Mm -hmm. And as we enter into the high priestess, we're leaving the elements that we work with on an external level and going into the inner world of creation through the high priestess. So it's really, again, you know, we speak of duality. So mother, father energy would be a dual and acknowledging that we have both masculine and feminine energy within us. And, uh, will when you reach more of a polarity in this, when we reach the understanding that it's two sides of the, you know, same coin here. And, um, so when we talk of the high priestess, obviously we're working inside of the feminine energy, you know, the high priestess is going to help us accepting duality. We do live in a dual existence, good versus evil, right versus wrong, black versus you know, white, that kind of thing. You know, everything is very, you know, um, clear cut difference. And so when we step into this high priestess energy, this high priestess card inside of the major arcana, we're really working through the understanding of duality. And when you look at most high priestess, that's going to have two pillars, and on one side of the pillar is white, one side of the pillar is black. Now, this is kind of understanding that you are walking into something, walking through something. But in order to walk through it, you have to understand both the, the dark and the light. You have to understand, so sorry about that, uh, understand what, it's, what both sides of this looks like when you walk through the gates into the spiritual understanding that is the high priestess. Um, yeah, so moving through the polarity and finding that sort of central place of navigating both and mediating between both of those. Exactly, exactly. So what would be one of the things that you would need to kind of harness in order to understand the dual nature of this world or intuition, right? We would have to come inside and say, maybe things aren't as black and white as we once assumed. Perhaps maybe these are all, you know, um, 
frequency or vibration that just, it's the same line at different vibration. You know, what is it inside of you that is creating this conflict? What is it inside of you that is saying that it's either right or wrong? And the high priestess really allows you to go inside within yourself and take a new approach into what this dual world looks like. How do we make this dual dual world more of a scale of how we heal into the next part of this, you know, this higher frequency of the scale. And it's not wrong. It's, you know, IE your shadow is not mm-hmm. wrong. Your shadow holds a lot of beauty in it. You just have to take this shadow and allow the things to fall off of it that need to come out and, and allow yourself to work your way up this frequency, this vibrational um, line to get yourself into more of an alignment. And this is really the high priestess is the first time that we walk forward and say, it's all within you. Mm. Right. And she's very much your subconscious mind. Your the way that your intuition guides you is through the subconscious mind, your fears, the realities of your fears, all of this is starting to surface when we're working with the high priestess, things are starting to come up. We're starting to question, you know, the, the, why do I feel the way I feel? Why do I think the way I think when the high priestess comes to visit? Um, you know, we've got, oh, this might be my favorite. So the high priestess that I think my favorite way I've ever heard her describe is if you're standing there and pointing at the moon, the high priestess is the finger pointing at the moon. So she is the, the, between the spirit realm and this materialized realm. Right. And that finger would be the high priestess. I want to be there. Well, what's there. And the the finger allows you to point to what there is. And so it brings in this beautiful combination of finally we're melding together what spirituality is within you, what, who you are within you, what your intuition is guiding you to do. And so the high priestess really comes forward for us. And for the first time in the major arcana, you're really starting to pay attention to what's within. Mm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this talking about the polarities though, when that mediating between the two, it sort of reminds me of um, personal and professional experiences I had years ago, which is where um, I'd be working with an organization that worked with, uh, at the time, mixed race children, multi-heritage children and families. And what you can have um, within those settings is that actual representation of the polarities or so-called polarities you know, a black partner and a white partner, you know, and children who are mixed within that or before they've even had children of having to look at what does culturally the beliefs and ideas and systems that represent in this person and what are the beliefs, cultures and systems that are represented in this person and how do we bring forward uh, together? How do we mediate between the two? Because you could sit within one system, but another person may not be as familiar with that or want to sit within that system. So you bring those two sets of ideas together. And often when a child is born, it's a representation of how do we bring forward the best of those two polarities and let go of things that maybe no longer serve us. Well, you've got to, you've got to then move yourself out of those and sit with yourself and look at your intuition about what is then right for you and your family and your children within this 
system that's being created from what look like two polarized forces or systems. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, whenever you are speaking on this beautiful mixes of these families, you know, and, and I, because it's the easiest to use the, the black and the white, you know, and what we come forward in what's most polarized. Isn't yeah. It, it feels most po- polarized, yeah. right. That, you know, what, what are, whenever you create, whenever you bring your creation into this world, what is it about your culture, your heritage, your conditioning, your upbringing that you want to instill in this child because it's done something good for you? And it doesn't have to be just one side or the other. You're now taking it from these dual, you know, and, and then realizing that there's there's beauty inside of both. And so let's just make this a nice little polarity scale where we can hit both sides of it with the information and and learning about who we are, what we represent, and take this forward so that the next uh, generation now has uh, garnered this lack of duality and, and said, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still me and mm. I've come from two different, you know, um, races, two different cultures, two different religious backgrounds, whatever it is. And I've created my own existence inside of that. And that yeah. is, it's the perfect way to describe it in, in a society, you know, for, you know, today's society, um, you know, we're, and you bring that up because what you're doing whenever and using that as an example is you're really walking through the veil of your inner divinity. It, it's not about any of these things that we've been conditioned to believe it is. It has everything to do about what are we now creating inside of this acknowledgement that it brings this person closer to themselves and acknowledging themselves, their own divinity. Mm-hmm. And how do we push this forward? Um, you know, uh, the beginning. Okay. So this is, so the high priest, this is also the beginnings of our connection to source. So regardless of, uh, of your religious, spiritual lack thereof, understanding desire belief system, there is a connection to something that, uh, even if it's a mushroom, you know, we feel that the world was created by a mushroom, which I still am not completely 100% sure that wasn't, you know, it's very interesting when you start to do this, you know, that source can come from something, whatever that source is, you're starting to connect to it. It, it starts to bring the understanding of oneness that we're all coming from the same spaces, you know, that we've all been created in this primordial ooze, if you will. And that, in that eventually brought you to here. Right. And so regardless of what your belief system is, you really start to, to focus in on what the source of that would be. And that source always comes into this level of love and oneness. Mm -hmm. And now that the high priestess has entered the space, you now have this opportunity, this opening, if you will, to walk through these two towers, these two pillars into a, uh, a new creative system from within and from within is where we get our connection to source, you know, and I think my favorite, you know, memory of my first time to connect to what we would call source God, whatever was, I was sitting with my cousin in the backseat of a car one time, and we were talking religion and 
she asked me if I had ever asked God to come into my heart. And I said, no. And we started talking. And as I closed my eyes, I felt this intensity inside of me that was so pure and so filled with love that I couldn't deny it. You know, this is why religion is as big as it is, because when you hit that moment with source, Mm. You know, it's an undeniable feeling. It's not something you can put into words. It's not something you can describe. It is a feeling that is just there. And it doesn't have to be religion. That just happened to be the way I was introduced to the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I take spirituality as the, the, this, you know, the way of finding yourself, right? How do you find yourself through spirituality? And it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with this or that, but it does come to that oneness. And the high priestess allows us to walk in into our inner being and say, what is it that is creating this feeling? What is it that is creating all this love that I'm beginning to feel? And, and so the high priest is entering in our, entering in our space is telling you it's high time for you to kind of get to know yourself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that. So, um, the, the, well, it's, it's that description of when we let go of what we believe seem to be polar opposite descriptions of our reality that is created by human minds anyway. And that can join us or separate us because language is quite limiting, isn't it? And that's one of the tricky bits with intuition or experiences is the moment you start to have a a, a very visceral, powerful feeling of we can only know what it feels like. It feels good. It feels this, it feels that. But the moment we start to give it a language, we put it into some form of uh, camp, don't we? That has an opposite, you know, to that. And this is about removing them and letting them slip away. Yeah. Allowing the ego brain to take a break. Yeah. The protector, the guardian, right. To take the break and allowing this shadow, the subconscious to move forward and just express in itself, the feeling without having to put words on it, without having to put a spin on it, without having to drop it down the, you know, the frequency down to make others understand because they're not going to understand. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a personal thing. Um, yeah. And so that actually just leads it right through to, um, the, when you were saying that is the self-reflection and, and, and it also garners our inner wisdom. We're starting to really focus on who the person is in the mirror. Who am I when nobody's Mm -hmm. looking, who am I without the mask? What is it inside of me that has pushed me to this point? How have I made it to this point? There has to be some wisdom inside of that. These lessons, these experiences I've had, they have not only been a reflection of my dual dual nature, my, my right versus wrong nature, but something inside of me has told me more than that. Something inside of me has forgiven the unforgivable, you know, the perceived unforgivable. It has allowed me to take this you know, to not cross the street because I felt something was off and thank goodness I didn't, because here comes the car, these inner wisdom, this inner guidance, this intuition that we have, uh, you know, it, she asked us to live life as a wise person. Mm-hmm. So this is where some work comes in. This is the, really the time that we look in the mirror and, and we ask ourselves the hard questions. We ask ourselves, 
you know, what it is that we would like to see and what it is that we no longer want to, um, associate within ourselves and it, it, and, and the why behind that, why is it that I feel that I don't want to be this person anymore? How did I get to that place? What is it that I can do in the next few steps to change the trajectory of the path I'm currently on? And the high priestess really comes in and, and is beautiful and, and warm and caring and loving that the mother energy can be. Kali's a mother, a goddess mother as well. And we think of Kali as the, the ego slayer. You know, she wears a necklace of heads on her, on her body, on her person. And so there's a lot of slaying the dragon, if you will, the demon. It's a lot of ego killer. It's a lot of whoa moments. Like I've been doing this to myself this whole time moments. And, you know, so you have to be aware that there is depth that you might not have tapped into until this point, but when the high priestess walks in the door, she's knocking from below the surface and you have to go find her down there. And this is how we really start to use this high priestess card to our advantage, how we use the high priestess in our day-to-day activity, how we really start the, uh, I think shadow work could probably be the most commonly used phrase, you know, phrase here on this is how this is really where we begin to walk into the shadow work of things. The magician tells us, oh, I have everything at my disposal, everything I could possibly need. I literally have all the ingredients to make the cake, right? But the high priestess is asking, why aren't you making the cake? I know that you wanted the cake, but why aren't you making it? What is stopping you from making this cake? Why is it that you chose the cake that you chose? What is it about that flavor? right? What is the icing you plan on using afterwards? Asking you to really take a look at the ingredients that are in front of you. And is this something that you truly want? Or is this something that was through a passing glance, you decided you want, you stuck to it because we're conditioned to Mm -hmm. attach to something and move forward in only that direction. And I've learned some hard lessons with the high priestess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, when you start, it, it, it's a bit like anybody that's experienced the first Matrix movie or read philosophy um, or really start to examine their constructs of who they are and the people who they are that they come into contact with is when you realise that, you know, a lot of the time we're putting people and things into boxes. And when, when you start to sit back and look at that more philosophically and realise that actually most of that is some kind of construct that comes from our culture, religion, our family, it can be quite disconcerting. And and it's one thing that I've seen um, occur time and time again when I'm teaching yoga, because yoga forces us really to slow down absolutely everything, because in order to consciously focus on the moves that we're doing and on our breath, we have to release everything externally outside of ourselves. And we now start to take our attention inwards. And that's what that means is we're we're not placing it on those things that we think we know and how we perceive them, language them and construct them. We're taking our attention into ourselves and experiencing either the emotional uh, or uh, spatial aspects. How do we feel in this space? How do we feel with these different experiences that we're having or emotions that are running through our body? And if we experience an unpleasant emotion, why is that unpleasant? And why is that being codified as unpleasant? And what's being codified as, as pleasant? And, most people 
or a lot of people can at that point go back externally back out take their attention back out there and I think we were talking before we started filming uh, this podcast about when we start to change our perception of those things that are outside of ourselves and we go inwards we can start to experience or understand things in quite a new way because our intuition or creativity because creativeness is constantly evolving process even if it is the same cake is it always going to taste the same you know have our taste buds change or as our experience of baking change are we using different tools now yeah and so that inner aspect can require some courage to be able to just look inwardly and, and notice what we're noticing and it's very simple but it can be very challenging for people to do but the yeah. benefits are so worth it all night oh my goodness they really are you know it takes more courage to look within than we give ourselves credit for Yes. To enter the, in a world, in a, in a society and in a culture where we have been conditioned to externalize everything, where we fill the void by Mm. purchasing, we are being asked to stop and to look inside and who knows, this is where all the scary stuff is, right? This is where the Mm. demons are. This is where the ghosts lie. This is where the fears really start to come forward. And, but at the same time, token it's also the moment where you realize that these are all internal fears Mm -hmm. that all of these things that are within you or that you don't like in another are very capable in you this is when we really get into polarity this is where we Mm -hmm. start to realize that that thing you hate about another person is also within you Mm -hmm. you're just choosing you're making a different choice every day but you still are quite capable of it And this is really that moment where you kind of say, holy crap, there is this, there's this oneness to all of us. We are all a basic computer design. And every time you rewrite the programming, you're able to change that facet of yourself and maybe make different choices. Whereas this person hasn't done that, or maybe yet even had the opportunity to do that. And you start to feel like, a little more satiated that people are all in a struggle and that the, this dual world is less dual than we thought. This is actually more of a polarized world. And it's more of a, we just work in different frequencies. It's really a very eye-opening experience. When the high priestess enters your space, when the high priestess comes to talk, you are learning more about yourself than you will learn in any other card in the deck. And I'm, I'm, I really feel strongly about this. The high priestess enters the space, get ready to know yourself, get ready to understand yourself, get ready to embrace your darkness, i.e. Mm. the shadow, you know, another thing that the high priestess brings to the forefront and you'll hear Mel and I speak about this all the time is staying in the center of the will, right? Mm. The will goes up the will goes down. You can also use this in the form of tides, right? There's an ebb and a flow. It goes, the tide is out or the tide is in. You can't always have it one way. This is the nature of the world. The world goes up and the world goes down and the world goes up and the world goes down much like the sun and the moon, right? But they show up every day. Now, I'm not saying that your ebbs and tides are going to be a daily occurrence. I'm just saying it as a, as a metaphorical (laughs) understanding of what we're talking about. Now, when the high priestess enters, she's like, Hey, this happens. 
the life, your life is going to consistently be changing. This is how it works. You are always changing. Something in, in the world is always changing. The world doesn't stop because you ask it to stop. It continues. So now how do you handle the ebb and the flow? How is it that your reaction to it? What is your response to it? Again, the high priestess is all internal work. This is when you really start focusing on self, when you really start making the strides to understanding yourself and this is the, like, for people like Mel and I, this is the philosopher's dream card, you know, like, yes, give us some more reason to ask the big questions, the why, mm -hmm. the how, the what, the when, and the where, because when the high priestess enters your space, you have no option, but to ask those big questions, you have no, yeah. there's no running from it because now it's from within. There's no hiding in a closet somewhere because this is all coming from within. And how are you going to handle this up and down nature that the world can present? Are you going to ride the outside of the wheel and feel every big drop and every big high, or are you going to sit yourself in the center as the observer? So you can watch how these things unfold, learn a little bit more about yourself, learn a little bit more and that in turn, learn learning about other people, because again, this world is reflective. The more you learn about yourself, the more you understand other people. And it's just the way it works. I don't make the rules. I'm just here to explain them a little. <laughs> well, one of the most practical sorts of examples of this, really, uh, that a lot of people might be experiencing at the moment. So we could relate it to the holidays. So whether you celebrate Christmas or not, where it's very busy, you're doing stuff, you have to get things sorted, you've got timelines um whether you're seeing family or not you know um whether you're working or not it's a very busy busy doing 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 period now that could be at different times of the years it could be that you know there's a wedding to organize or there's a new job to start or you're moving across country so you're in the doing 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 but there comes a time where the that will shift and you've you've started that you've done that you've made those things happen so both of us have been talking about our experience around the holidays and it's it's doing it's busy it's full on and there's lots of external distractions and as much as we might enjoy because both of us have talked about that we enjoy going internal and being still and whether it's meditating doing some yoga or just sitting still and listening to a beautiful piece of music but it's calling everyone now a more and more people are being called to release their attention from the external focus and distractions. And if you haven't done it before, it can feel quite scary, but after the holidays, it is a natural anticlimax, you know, yeah. that people get excited that even if you're not buying into the whole materialism aspect of what the holidays can represent for a lot of people, it's an anticlimax because there's a build up for months and months and months to that place. And now a lot of people just drop in energy, they're tired, they're exhausted, and then they've got to go back to work or they've got to go back to what to what the mundane aspects of life or to the issues that are going on in the community. And where is our attention drawn back out? This period of time is probably one of the most poignant and productive ones. If you utilize and harness not just the energy of the card, but of the time period itself. Right. The riches that you can reap through going in and experiencing yourself on a deeper level are where inspiration creativity and new things come from all of those polarities whether it's male and female in the family house whether it is doing and being whatever that is you release your attention to that and you bring it back to yourself can be a very potent creative moment 
It really can. You know, we, again, we are so conditioned to externalize, to be worried mm-hmm. about what the media is saying or what our neighbor's doing or what this politician had, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter really, yeah. you know, just, and, you know, whatever is taking your, diverting your attention from self, we, whatever that is, this is what we're conditioned to be inside of. And again, you are spot on. This is the perfect time of year to really take like the reins on, on, on self-development. You know, we are ripe with energy. You watch any of our moon series, it will talk about this, you know, like every, you know, we just had the new moon. We just had it at towards the beginning of the month are always the new moon, you know, and then you have this brand new energy coming in. And this energy is just at the beginning of the year is ripe for your productive self. And that productive self does not have to be the masculine form of yourself every, and I'm sure most of the listeners know this, but every person, male or female, non-binary, it does not matter. You have masculine and you have feminine Mm -hmm. inside of you. And all the masculine is telling you to do is to go out and, and go into action. Yeah. Yeah, It's an action, very action-based energy. The feminine is the create creative energy. We hear, you know, the feminine creates the energy. We sit back then after we've planted the seeds and we kind of allow it to germinate and come towards us. And, and, you know, and so either way it's work, either way you're doing the work. And so in this moment through the high priestess, we're asking for the, for the feminine energy side of it. You know, we're asking for us to be, do the work internally introspection, it leads mm-hmm. to inspiration. And then the inspiration can then lead you back into the masculine energy to where you go out and then do, but you have to come inside for just a little bit. You know, the magician teaches you what you have available in this world, but the high priestess teaches you how you want to go about it. What's going to sing to your soul. What's mm-hmm. going to raise your frequency or your vibration to get you out of the old existence, this, this lower frequency, this lower side of the polarity scale and bring you up into the place that you want to be. It's a slow progress, you know, a slow process. We're not saying it's overnight, but when the high priestess enters the space, get ready to really enjoy learning about yourself. It's not as scary as you think. Obviously there's always going to be some fear of the unknown. The dark is scary place because you don't know what's there. You don't know what's lurking in the corner, but it's you. And we don't have to be scared of ourselves Mm. and it doesn't matter the darkest, deepest secrets of yourself, because some people run from that. And I've actually, you know, as our value systems change, right. As you grow and you've learned, I I've really taken note that the people that are afraid of who they are and and what they're capable of are the people that get stuck. Mm. We are all capable of the same things. You are making choices every day, not to do it. So it's okay for you to explore those darker spaces for you to acknowledge, you know, I'm going to be very vulnerable and open here and say, you know, I really had to explore the depths of, um, starting over as a parent. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I had my whole life in front of me. I was about to be an empty nester in the next, you know, four to five years. I was about to go live my best life and all of this. And so I really had to dig deep and explore why it was that I didn't want to be a parent again, what it was about having to raise another round of kids that felt so limiting to me. Correct. And that seems 
scary. It seems like I'm a bad person. It seems like, you know, the self-talk, you know, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad mom. I have all this fear and resentment inside of me for even, you know, wanting to not wanting to care for another round of kids. I didn't bring them into this world. Well, Mm -hmm. you know what, at the end of that, it came back to, because I want to, because I want to, because those children deserve a chance. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Oh no, my house is filled with love. So allowing myself to explore the darker places, giving myself the freedom of not have guilt, you know, of not having the guilt or shame associated with acknowledging these things allowed me to have this fresh perspective of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not the victim to my circumstances. Now I get to openly say I made this choice because not only was this a good choice for me, this was a good choice for my family. And to acknowledge the darkness allowed me the insight to the light. And you can be afraid of your mm-hmm. darkness, but it's not going to get you anywhere. We have to accept it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to understand that we are all part of this and that it's okay to not be happy, happy, go lucky all the time. Sometimes you have to reach the darkest spaces. Sometimes you have to say, well, I don't want that and find out why so that you can come to the spaces as to the why itself. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. And the high priestess will really help you when used to her full advantage. And it's not just the tarot card. If we haven't figured this out yet, nah, these tarot cards are not the magic. You're the magic. You're the one. These cards are just representing who mm-hmm. like, uh, when you pull the card, it's just representing where you are in your time. These cards are literal psychological referencing to where you are on your path. They're just allowing you to see it. It's not a fortune telling device, nothing. It helps you reach your inner spirit, your inner divination, your inner, you know, wisdom and guidance. It's who you are. And so when they open these paths up, you don't have to use the card. You can call in the spirit of the high priestess. You can call in that energy. It's going to do the same work. And Mm. so, you know, these are part of like, this is part of the growing pains aspect of the major arcana. When these first several cards come, you are in growing pains. You are learning, you are, you're shadow working, you're healing. You're just, this is the down and dirty work. And, you know, as you work through them, it's almost like a, a, a drug, right? That first breakthrough, is it not this, the first breakthrough? It's so scary to go in the first time. And then you come out and you're like, Whoa, mm. again, and again, and again, and then you want to do it again. And then you break out again. And you're like, Holy crap, this really works. And then you want to do it again. And it's like a drug, but this drug is really healthy for you. <laughs> this, this is something you want to kind of get addicted to the, the healing process, to finding your inner self, to shedding the layers of conditioning and all the masks you've worn when the high priestess enters this space, it's time and Mm. take this as a good sign. Take this, this darkness that's within you and transmute it. This is where beautiful alchemy from within really starts to show up. The magician can show you alchemy on the outs on the outer world, but until you go from within with, you know, within the inner world, you're not going to see it blossom in its purest form. And the high priestess comes to tell you, you are capable of rewriting your story within you're Mm -hmm. capable of, of these cracks being filled with gold. You're capable of transmuting this energy that once was your darkness or, or your curse and turning it into your gift. The high priestess does so much work. 
when this, the high, whenever this feminine energy shows up for you, it's time to really do some good work. And this is the good work. This is the work that pays off in the end more so than mm. anything else ever will for you. And even on a simple level, that once you've entertained that process and dived in a couple of times on a day-to-day level, you can do that about anything that you've noticed externally that you're having a reaction to, you know, notice what the polarity is, what emotion that is activated within you and sit with that and then try and understand that. Like what you're saying, you, you wanted to understand what your views or your constructs around parenting was and having children. And people do that all the time when they're thinking about whether do I want a family or not? Do I want to be in a relationship or not? Am I satisfied in this job anymore? What is that about that? That makes that, so rather than getting caught in the, the external thing is that deep dive of understanding yourself more means that you're probably more likely to then go with your own intuition and your own soul, which means you're more likely to start feeling satisfied about the life that you are taking part in or creating. Because the ones you allow yourself to go into that process, the more you tap into that innate spark of creativity, because Creativity really means much wider than what a lot of people think it does. You know, it's that idea that can form into something, into an action, into a thing, into a product, into a way of being. And if diving in has done that, you know, so if you're always in uh, arguments with people, friends, family, you know, and you step back and you have to think about what is that one theme that's running through all that? Why is this happening all the time? Well, then you're less likely to get hooked into the same behaviors right? and get hooked into the argument, which means you're less likely to experience life uh, and all the dramas unless you thrive on dramas as some people do. So as we, as we sort of approach the end of this um, talk about the high priestess on a very practical level, if people have got the tarot card and they uh, what would they just draw a couple of days? Is this something that they could do on a day-to-day basis or? Right. So, you know, one thing that I've been practicing over this holiday break is pulling one card a day. It's just kind of an overview of how my day looks. Now, if we want to study inside of the high priestess, a very simple thing is to find the high priestess, like keep your deck together, find your high priestess. And inside of that on, on top of it is where you are now right? And then the bottom of it's where you need to be or where you, where your potential is, I guess I shouldn't say where you need to be, but where your potential is. So if you just do a simple thing like that, you find your high priestess, what's in front of it and what's behind it, it's going to kind of give you an overview of where you are in the journey of the high priestess. How, Mm -hmm. what are my internal aspects? Acknowledge that, you know, say you have the three of swords, um, in front of it, you are recovering from heartbreak right now. Okay. And say that maybe the nine of swords is is behind it. I'm pretty sure it's the nine of swords. Sorry. If not, I apologize. It's the 10 of swords, one or the other. Now, you know, your, your future is in healing that broken heart, Mm -hmm. that piece of the broken heart. And the high priestess is the intuition that's letting, you know, this is the state, this is the place that you're in and that it's going to be okay. Trust the wisdom, trust your internal guidance know that things will have a time and place of healing. That is part of what we're doing. And because you're working with the high priestess, that broken heart is being mended from within by going in understanding, as you said, if there is arguments everywhere I go, let's find the common denominator. It's easy to say, 
it's me because there's an argument everywhere I go. So let's figure out what that common denominator boils down to. Am I surrounded by the wrong people? Am I being confrontational? Am I enjoying the drama of it all? Is this how I am sparking life inside of myself? Because it's okay. That does happen. You know, life can be mundane and and we need a little variety, if you will. You know, I am. So the the last thing I want to bring up is, you know, the when we've talked about the will, we've talked about the ebb and flow staying in the center that allows detachment and discernment to take on. Right. But it's also goes back to this as above, so below the yin yang of it all. And she is going to really take charge of understanding the reflection that is this world as above, so below as without. So within, if we reflect in all directions, what it is we truly want to see, the high priestess is going to do a fantastic job for you. So allow yourself the moment to check in with yourself, who you are, who you want to be, and what steps you can take to get there. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. We really are trying to reach a broader community base This isn't us telling you what to do. This is us giving you tools so that you can create your own world because we're all capable of it. And it's at Mel and Danielle for our Facebook. We're also trying to grow grow and build that community enough to where we can start doing some lives because you guys really are the reason we're doing all of this. And we want to be able to answer the questions. We want to be able to have these conversations. We want to be able to open our world up even further because I mean, how interesting are human beings and, and how interesting would it be if, you know, we were learning more and more from your experiences and maybe you have some answers that we've been searching for, and this just goes hand in hand. So please do like, and subscribe and share us on Facebook with everybody you can. Again, it's at Mel and Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. And if there was ever a time to really go inward and think about what world we want to create is certainly now, isn't it? Yes, Wherever you are in the world, um, you know, if what we're seeing, we don't like that change happens within first, doesn't it? Right. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you.